Greetings! This is the Sex Ed Book Review Podcast, the podcast where we read sex ed books before you, tell you all about them, so you can decide if it's right for you and those that you care about. Content warning, there will be discussions of sexuality, sexual health, and bodies, and there may also be some discussion of sexual abuse or assault. Phenomenal. Um, I added the touch-up to my appearance. (laughs) It's still not great oh wow one day, i am one day we'll figure out the zoom, the zoom I, filters. one day i'm gonna it's figure mostly out my it's, mostly it's a podcast with some youtube light youtube content so. yes okay. i'm gonna yeah. figure out my life one day <laughs> that day is not today no. <laughs> welcome everybody who's listening and not looking at our filter filtered filtered faces on uh, zoom i'm landa i'm a bcba and certified sexual health educator and i live in victoria british columbia canada and my pronouns are she and her outstanding i'm barb um i am a certified sexuality educator and also a board certified behavior analyst in missouri united states i also use she her pronouns <sighs> We have ketchup stuff. I don't know. It's I don't know. I guess yeah. We're well, we're recording this after I'm coming off a week of being on vacation, which was lovely, and transitioning into like the true new year, which like anybody who's a parent understands is in fact September, and not January. I guess unless you're in the southern hemisphere. I feel like in Australia they that like their summer break is their Christmas break, and then the new year is the new school year. That might be. Yeah. We need to look this up. We should know these things. Yeah. We should be. Yeah, we should be internationally um, sound in our knowledge across continents. It's, I don't know. I just feel like I'm just like not good at life today. <laughs> <laughs> it's a theme. It's all right. Uh, it's really it's relatable. It's relatable content. Um, should we just should we just jump right into the book then? I brought a book. It's you, my turn. You did bring a book. Yes. I've got to wrap my head around uh, some of my next things. I have big letter, uh, big thoughts, capital letter, big thoughts on mine. So I need to to do a little thinking and you have to leave soon. So we don't have a whole lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll, we'll get it. We'll get it done. Taking my very first one-to-one like exercise-based pole dancing class tonight. So I'm excited. I want to hear how good. Okay, send me a message and let me. I know it'll be late here, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, I really want to know how it goes. I keep uh, I keep getting TikTok notifications. So did I tell you? I, yeah. I'm, on, I'm on the TikTok now. I'm an old lady who uses TikTok. Um, we could yeah. TikTok this or something. I don't know. I wonder. I've I've actually looked on purpose to see if there are sex educators, and not a lot, not a whole lot. There's some really, um, really, really great content creators around a lot of things, and I haven't found a lot of folks, um, especially talking about sex education that's designed for young people or designed for families. Hmm. There's a lot yeah. of like how to have better orgasms, which is great and good, important content. Um, and that's probably not what someone who has, you know, a, a seven-year-old child is really super interested in right now. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah a little uh, bit more on the Instagram, which we're on, at Sex Ed Book Review. Look at that. Yeah, Product placement. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I'm excited to do my, I'm excited to do my book tonight. All right. I um, am too. I don't yeah. know why I don't know this book, but now I'm going to get it. Yeah, I've been doing, well, uh, uh, along our theme of like saying that we'll review some books that were sort of like, oh, this one's not so great. I just like continue to pick books that I just like want to rave about, but that's okay. <laughs> so we'll do the caveat of like, this book is a resource to teach a, like a, a concept. Um, and there's lots of different ways to teach things. And we just want to help sort of people get started. This isn't kind of going to be specific advice or specific ways to like use this book, but just a general overview. Um, when you're talking about like sex ed, um, you know, when we've done a lot of books that are for like younger kids, like kids or for families to do use with kids or maybe teachers to use with kids. Um, but this one, I think is the first book that I would say, like I sort of highlighted that I think it's probably like adult geared towards adults. It's not explicit, um, but, uh, it's definitely not for young kids. I, but I would say like young teens should have could have and should have access to information like this so amazing anyway I guess I should say what the book is <laughs> tell us what the book is what is it <laughs> the book is um a quick and easy guide to sex and disability and the author is a andrews um, and they are self-described in the first few pages as a disabled cartoonist who has sex <laughs> well, that's their their way to describe it and um I thought that I would just highlight at this point that I, I will use that sort of like identity first language when I'm talking about this book. So like a disabled people, disabled author, disabled cartoonist, um, because that's how they describe it. And there's definitely that uh, like a bit, a larger movement towards identity first language versus person first language. So person with a disability. And that's generally like, I see that as being the majority preference at this point, everyone can obviously make their own decisions about what language they, they want to use. But so just so people know that if I'm using that language and framing, um, I've taken that cue from this author and just the disabled community. Yeah. And I don't know that we've ever really talked about identity first language versus person first language and sort of, you know, where these things come from and why we may or may not use specific words or phrases. Um, For me personally, just like you said, I tend to take the cue from the person that I'm talking to or the person I'm talking about or the folks I am talking with. So if everyone is describing themselves as being an autistic teenager, then I'm probably going to refer to that person as an autistic teenager compared to a teenager with autism. Um, on the other hand, if I'm talking to somebody, wow, that's so many dogs. You have, you have so many dogs. That's why it sounded like so many dogs. I have three dogs that are small. Yeah. Yeah. I'll bring them over, uh, to, come see us at some point if they keep being wretched. Um, but so if I'm talking to somebody who says, you know, I am a teenager with autism, then I might describe them as a teenager with autism. It's really just, what do you prefer? But like you said, I think community at large is tending toward identity first language. So we're going to yeah. talk about this disabled cartoonist who wrote this book that I'm really excited to hear about. Yeah. And it's, um, yeah, so it's A. Andrews and, and they're the author and the, the illustrator. So they're kind of both roles. Um, the book is from Limerence Press, which is a division of uh, Oni Press or Oni Press. 
Um, it was published in 2020, so it's pretty new. It's also like there's a series written by different different authors. So like there's a quick and easy guide to they them pronouns, a quick and easy guide to queer and trans identities, and another one that escapes me at the moment. But there's like a whole variety of them. So. Um, they're super short, kind of tiny. The cover of this one is like a bunch of folks um, with like some with visible and some with invisible disabilities. And then this, there's like a larger um, cartoon drawing in the forefront. And, and that's A. Andrews themselves, who's kind of like the narrator and, and, and drawing throughout the book. Um, so it's like a light blue cover. Um, lots of folks, a couple of them are kissing, a couple of them are hugging and holding hands. We've got like a um, a person in a wheelchair, like up at the front. And, and so lots of, and it's just like a cute, like a 70 page-ish sort of um, cartoon style book. So um, you can get it through the publishing company um, directly through Ani Press. It's only about ten dollars um, U.S., so I think I probably paid fifteen in Canada, but that's okay. Um, yeah, and definitely like, um, like I said, like I think aimed for adults, but yeah, uh, I, the- I did just pop onto their website, and the other one is the Quick and Easy Guide to Consent. Oh yes, of course, Captain Consent. I can't and, believe I forgot that one. <laughs> and I did not realize this is the same publisher that does. Uh, which why have we not talked about this book yet? But wait, what wait, the what? comic book guide? <laughs> yeah. One of my favorites, and also does the Oh Joy sex toy books. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll do all of those books. Oh gosh, yeah, we're just gonna live yeah. and yeah. breathe at this publisher's website. Phenomenal. Yeah. Um. So there's like there's a couple big sections in the book. Um there's just an overview of disability and sexuality generally and those intersections myths about disabled bodies, uh, communication, self-care planning, um, and uh, which kind of centers around like rejection, um, which I loved. And that's definitely one of my like something uniques about this book. Lots of books don't have that. Um, This focuses a lot on like, how do you deal with rejection if it is because you've been rejected because of your disability. So that's, it's pretty, there's some pretty specific points about that. They call it getting down the next section, which is the actual, like, this is how you might have sex. This is Um, how we do it. Sorry. That was so bad. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, And then there's a section on positioning, which is going to be particularly important for people um, that are physically disabled. Um, There's also some um, bits in there about different aids and toys, which also makes it a little bit more on the, like, definitely like late teen adult side. Um, and then a whole section on aftercare, which like, what? Like, ne- like I've never seen a section on aftercare in a book that wasn't like a BDSM right. guide for a, that's geared towards adults. So that um, section got a big heck yes from me, <laughs> that whole, that whole bit. So um, yeah. Yeah. Those and are the, those are the sections. I know usually we do the, who is this designed for? I mean, it sounds like this book is designed for disabled folks and potentially the the people who care for disabled folks um do you feel like this is just a book that's for the disabled community or people that don't have a disability would be able to read and get a lot out of this also yeah 
Definitely. I think it's, it's I, I feel like we need to have more inclusive and intersectional sex education just broadly. And disability is one of those intersections that's left out often. And if we talked about how disabled people have sex or the ways that disability impacts sex, that could really facilitate um, like a lot of communication and conversations like moving forward, right? And, and I think part of that, the conversation is just that we don't in sex ed a lot talk about like like what sex actually is like there's still that isn't still like part of the content um there was a recent article that I I kind of wanted to to flag in that vein called like should we be talking to kids about what it means to have good sex and it's an article by um a person Ellen Friedrichs and it was recently published in like August of 2021 in parents magazine it's available online we could like link to it but basically talking about that like if we start talking about like what good sex looks like that's going to help people have like healthier relationships and I think that we talk to people um about disabled people having good sex as well that can just Mm -hmm. facilitate inclusion and and that like intersectional piece so yeah yeah I think I think everybody should, like, I unfortunately have had um, conversations with disabled people that have physically disabled people that have been, like, actively excluded from sex education, Um, you know, and and that's really could cause a lot of potential harm because they don't have the information that they need. So I think this book is, is fantastic and it fills like a, a a huge gap. Right. Well, yeah. How are you going to know what you need to know? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody tells you what to know. So I'm glad this exists. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So you yeah. said a little bit about kind of what you love about it as far as like some unique things. Tell me more about these more super about unique. Bits. Yes. Well, like if anybody's watching the YouTube version, I've got my lovely like ramshackle. You are, you are caressing this book. Yes. Um. <laughs> So like, I doubt, like, I just, when I was going through it again, like reading it and like kind of thinking about what I wanted to talk about, I was just like, well, I just want to read the book verbatim. <laughs> like, I just want to read it out loud, but people should go to the, to, to yeah. the publisher's website and buy the book. It's $10. Um, it's $10. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a very worthwhile investment. Um, so like my first thing that I highlighted is the first line in the book, which is just disabled people have sex. And that's it. It's just just like, these are the facts as we know them, right? This is a fact. And so it's like, you have to know that, accept that this is the book, right? Um, So Mm -hmm. I I really like that. But I, and I also think that they did something in this book that I don't see in a lot of other sex ed books, which is a very explicit acknowledgement of the limitations. Like you don't usually have a book that says like, and what we won't do is, or what we don't cover will be. Um, And they do sort of say that like the focus here is really on physical disabilities. They acknowledge that there are other kinds of disabilities, intellectual disability, invisible disabilities, maybe, you know, things that can acquire brain injury, something like that. Right. Um, And another thing that it differentiates between, which I know, again, in conversations I've had with physically disabled people, is that there is a really important distinction between how people are treated, particularly when it comes to sexual health, if they have an acquired um, physical disability, so say like a spinal cord injury, Mm versus a congenital disability or something from births like cerebral palsy, for example. Um, and that is a really huge impact on how sex is discussed. And so they, t- they talk about that in the book that that yeah. is, um, is an important difference. So 
that makes sense because I'm guessing there are a couple of pieces. One is just depending on when somebody becomes disabled, that that may impact the degree to which they had access to sex education, but also that there's sort of like a changing, like your conceptualization of yourself. Right. So, or in, you know, having, not having that experience of being perceived as a sexual being, you know? uh, Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I know like they're here locally in British Columbia in the province where I live in Canada, there's a spinal cord rehabilitation center, like a specialized place, like one of the big hospitals in Vancouver. And they have like a, a sexual health kind of team that helps with that specifically when people have acquired like spinal cord injuries. Um, but there isn't that for a person, there isn't that like team put together for a person who has a disability yeah. it's physical from birth. So right. yeah, it's just, yeah, really interesting. I really liked that they made that distinction. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like de- definitely lots of examples in the book. So there's three that stood out to me as I think particularly unique. You can let me know if you've seen these anywhere. So the first one Um, and I'm going to flip to the page so I can look at all of its glory is that um, there's a person with an ostomy system so they've got an ostomy bag so that's you know if somebody has to have like some portion of their bowels um, and then they have like a bag that sits outside of their body and that collects you know whatever fluids or stool and then so that that's a reality for lots of people and they have to navigate like having sex with an ostomy bag and I've never seen that in any other picture in a sex ed book I don't think I've ever seen it discussed in any way yeah yeah there was, I know that the, another place that I've seen this, which is like kind of like a shout out was American Eagles lingerie brand, Airy a few years ago had a model with an ostomy bag. Okay. Which was pretty cool. Yeah. So that was the only other, like the only other public facing place that I've really seen that. Cool. And the second one that I thought was really cool is that uh, there is a person that is using what appears to me to be an AAC device, which is an augmentative and alternative communication device. Um, So that's something where somebody, if they have difficulty with um, like the vocal verbal production of language, will use that system to communicate. So people might be kind of most familiar with say like Stephen Hawking who had ALS and he used a a computer that um, ended that spoke for him. So not always does it, it it sound like that or look like that, but that might be just like a pop culture reference that people might be familiar with. Now that one I have seen in other books. So um, the ultimate guide to sex and disability and all of the authors escape me, but I know that Corey Silverberg, who was the author of sex is a funny word, um, was one of the authors for that. So I will link that book as well. It was actually, um, it was actually required reading for, (laughs) for when I was, um, like the first thing that I was required to read by my, uh, supervisor when I was pursuing certification as a sexuality educator was like, this is something you need to read. And I was like, huh, okay. So I'll make sure that we, uh, share that. And the author of this book suggests that book at the end as well. And I also have that book on my shelf to read because I haven't, which is, yeah. but anyway, so I will. Um, and then the one thing that I liked actually about that was that this person has this AAC device, but they also have a speech bubble, which I thought was a really cool that like, 
sometimes people can vocally verbally speak like you and I are doing now, yeah. but then sometimes they can't for a variety of reasons access that method of communicating. And so some people can do both. And so I thought that was really cool that they kind of high, like used that. Yeah. I assume intentionally, but um, it came across that way anyway. Yeah. Speaking is a way to communicate. It's not the way to communicate for sure. Yeah. 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 And then my third like big thing that I loved was that there was an actual section that shows a personal care attendant helping a person with a physical disability get ready to have some kind of sex. It's, they don't, they're not making it clear if that's sex with themselves or sex with another person, but showing that like, that's something that's going to need to happen for some folks is like, this person is using a wheelchair. They also appear to have um, like a chin control, which makes me think that they are physically disabled from sort of like the neck down. Um, and so that person's going to need help, right? Getting into bed, positioning themselves, whatever. So I thought that was really, really sweet. We were just talking about that and yeah. how that just like the, a variety of different degrees of support that someone might need just to be able to, you know, access sex life more independently. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. cool. And then cool. the last bit, which was obviously, I don't know if we've talked about it on the the podcast before, but like one of my areas of specialization is helping people to access um, like pleasure products and sex toys and things like that. Um, And the ways that those can help facilitate healthy sexual expression for people. Um, And so this book has a section on lubricant and why it's important. Mm. And then also has like sex positioning aids, like toys and things, which does put it on like the more towards the adult side of things. Sure. um, For sure. As opposed to, to, to kids. But I, I do think that like late teens are capable of having certainly those conversations. And again, check your local laws and things, but here in Canada where I am, there's no age at which you are allowed to have a sex toy. Um, some stores you can't go into because they also sell pornography and you can't access pornography until you're 18. But those are conversations that people can have. And I think that talks just back to the fact that we don't talk about what good sex is. And so then people are having like, like people are having maybe bad sex, but people could be having like harmful sexual interactions that they don't recognize as harmful if they don't know what the good side of of, of sexual interactions can be. So, yeah. yeah. And in this case, and I mean, one thing is potentially like physically harmful sex. So, yeah, yeah. Well, and they talk about using lubricant as just even like on parts of the body where there might be like chafing because you can't yeah. move your body when you're having sex, right? So, like maybe you just put a little bit of lubricant like between your hips and the other person's body because that's going to help make that because you can't independently adjust if it's becoming uncomfortable or you might not have sensation there. And so you don't know to move. So, if you put a little bit of lubricant, it has nothing to do with genitals. It's just, it might be helpful in all of these other ways when two bodies are coming together. So yeah, right cool. on. And I'm even thinking, so I kind of start out by saying, well, this book is, you know, <laughs> it's titled, you know, to suggest that we're talking about a book for, you know, disabled people who want to have sex. But I'm also thinking as we're talking about, you know, having lube in order to be able to move more freely, um, having some, um, uh, why did my words go away? Um, so the tips on positioning, um, that this isn't just about disability. It's also about aging and your body doesn't work quite the same way as you get older. That's not necessarily acquired disability. That's expected, you know, degeneration yeah. of the body. It's a thing that happens. Um, but also for fat bodies, 
right? That sometimes it's hard to get in a specific position. So having a book that's like, for real, these are some things and normalizing it and making it something it's like, this is not just a way to be able to, you know, survive, but it's like, this is a way to have, and it sounds like, tell me if I'm wrong. It's like this book is saying, these are some things that you can do in order to have great sex, not just like poor you, this is how you can function. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's no, there's, there's lots of, there's lots of that for sure. And there's even sort of like tip, like, you know, there's, there's tips as much of like, there's a picture where there's a person that's sitting on a bed, but beside them, they have a wheelchair and they're, they're, um, you know, about to have some sort of assuming sexual interaction with another person. And that person goes to move their wheelchair away from the bed. And it's like, oh, no, 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 don't do that. Like, so that, right. that's a tip for like a non-disabled person would be like, I'm just going to move this out of the way. But that person's like, no, that's my, that's how I get, how I leave this situation. If I, that's my, that's an extension right. of myself. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, there's, there's tips for everyone. So. Fantastic. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, like I, I said at the beginning, like I just keep picking these books I want to gush about, but so I, I don't have too many things that like I'd add to it. I think especially because like in the title, it's like, it's quick and easy. Right. And they say that in there, like, this is meant to be like a primer. It's not meant to be like sure. a definitive guide. Um, the other book, sex and disability or the ultimate guide to sex and disability is that's the ultimate guide right like it's a different intention um and so two other resources they have a resource section in the back of this of this book which is which is great um two other ones that i like that are specific around this topic um if people are exploring podcasts um andrew gerza uh also a fellow canadian um has a podcast called disability after dark that's all Ah. about various disabilities and sex and i think the tagline is like shining a bright light on disabled sex or something like that um and so his website or just looking up disability after dark podcast is fantastic he's been doing it for a number of years i want to say there's multiple hundreds of episodes looking at different topics um and then there's another um person that I really like cripping up sex with Eva and of course yes yeah she's got a great like Instagram YouTube I've taken a couple workshops um with her about kind of like sex toy hacks and access for people with disabilities so um you know I I feel like there's definitely more and more resources and I, I really wanted to highlight this book because I think that the more people that talk about disability and sexuality is just it more and more beneficial so yeah. it's a, like a slight departure from the type of book that we've been doing in terms of the intended audience by age but i think i thought it was important to bring um to bring yeah. it to the pod absolutely and i was just thinking not resources per se but we kind of this whole thing about this is not a thing that we talk about a whole lot and something that is not really sex ed book review related but just representation and I was thinking about how just within the past couple of years, I've seen a couple of um, shows like Netflix shows or shows that are on sort of streaming channels um, that really center disabled characters and disabled main characters um, and having a sex life, having a good sex life. And you, you mentioned something that made me think of um, there's a show on Netflix called Special. Have you seen this? I haven't watched it yet. But- okay. Yeah. And it's, um, but the, the, um, it's not an author. What do you call a person who writes a show? It's a <laughs> screenwriter. Screenwriter. 
<laughs> there we go. Um, but who also stars in the show, but uh, Ryan O'Connell, um, who has cerebral palsy. And the show is about him living his life and also living his life as a gay man who is also meeting people that he has sex with. Um, and some of the things you described, even just about like, you know, moving things around, like, hey, you can't take, like, this is how I move, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I like that just becoming part of not just education, we need to learn these things, but also like, this is just part of people's lives. So, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. And I mean, I, I didn't come as a surprise to me because it's obviously a book that's like looking at intersections, but like the pictures are picturing like, you know, all the things that we talk about when we do our sort of like accessibility and inclusivity review is like yeah. gender inclusive language throughout, which is, which is um, awesome. Um, even they've got some, some stuff about um, a couple different like barrier methods and so they you know it's like a a vaginal condom um or instead of saying um it's vaginal condom it's just like internal condom yeah good instead of saying female condom it's internal condom that sort of thing um yeah total obviously a diversity of bodies or maybe not so obviously but super diverse um lots of different gender um expressions and identities cultures yes 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 in terms of like the accuracy, like there's not a lot of medical content per se, but where, where there is um, like the labels of things and stuff are medically accurate, which is nice. Um, and definitely like using clear language to say what we're talking about, right? We're not using euphemisms, which I think is also, you know, something that can happen particularly to disabled people with sex is we don't talk about like what they're, you know, like, oh, they're you know, they're just having some like, they're having some private time, time. some some (laughs) snuggle time, or, you know, like, you know, so like that infantilizing thing that happens to disabled people Mm -hmm. around, around everything, but particularly around sex um, is definitely like not in this book. Like it tells it like it is, which is, which is awesome. So yeah, that's um, awesome. Anybody who's like, not, this is not made for yeah. Uh, Yeah. Like the, yeah. Young children, obviously just because of the content, although like it's sex it's explicit without being explicit so like there's no body parts pictured whereas like some of the other sex ed books like that's the point is to teach about body parts but like they show what's clearly like a sexual interaction there's one person you know in this scene like laying down they're not wearing a shirt but we don't see their genital area and this other person is beside them but we don't so we kind of like if you know then you know (laughs) Right. Yeah. And in that way, I think it's intended for that more mature audience. And there's two people like shirtless people sitting and, and, you know, two people laying together, but they've got underwear on. So it's not, there's no um, depictions of of genitals in the book at all. Okay. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. So I I have, I actually haven't used this book in teaching particularly myself. Like I've used it, like, honestly, just to educate myself at this point so that was effective um but I can see like certain pictures being pulled out to use or like certain concepts there's even like in the communication section they have some really cool like ideas around like some alternatives to say like instead of like saying this maybe you could try saying that instead so um saying like I don't even notice your disability like instead of saying that try I love your body or instead of I've never been attracted to a disabled person try 
this is all new for me. I'm excited to learn that sort of stuff. So picking out a couple of those bits, even to just facilitate a conversation around like, what are some ways that we can talk about people without focusing on the disability or um, doing like at risk of that, like fetishization of disabled Mm -hmm. people and their bodies um, when it comes to sex. Right. So, yeah. Is this something um, that's the whole thing? Is this, I, it is a follow-up. Is this something that you would recommend for educators to have just to be able to build their toolbox, build their scope of knowledge? Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think that one thing that it can definitely do, like it can definitely teach disabled people something that they have missed out on because they haven't been given the right to access that information. But I do think that a big thing that it could do is make people more comfortable, right? Right from that first word of just like disabled people have sex, right? Mm -hmm. There's lots of people that they still like, whether they recognize it or not are susceptible to the stereotypes and that have just been embedded in our society for so long about disabled people. so I think that like as a parent, a caregiver, a teacher, like if you have a parent, if you're a parent of a child with a physical disability, I think it could be super helpful to just get comfortable in a like safe (laughs) book-ish way um, with thinking, like recognizing that this is information that your child's going to need to have. And it might not be information that they need to have like right now, Um, But it's a conversation that you could have with them or you could pass the book on to them when they're of an age that it's appropriate to to give it to them. Well, and I'm also thinking this is an opportunity for me to call in the community of sex educators. Um, Something that I notice a lot, and I don't know if you have this experience when I talk to other sex educators and they say, well, what do you do? And I say, you know, here's my thing. And here's, here's the community that I support. And they go, I don't know. I don't know if you get the same one. Um, Oh, Wow. That's so needed. And it always kind of goes there. Um, And I recognize, yes, it's needed. (laughs) Um, And what I can tell you is that when I have had the opportunity to provide training or education to sex educators, to to an audience that is just sex educators, um, there's so much that they don't know about the disabled community. And I think yeah. you don't like, you don't know what you don't know. So mm-hmm. I could see this, you know, and, and, you know, perhaps there are sex educators who are listening to us talk about these books for ideas of what to use with, um, you know, with the classes they're teaching or with clients they support or whatever. And I'm going to say, if you're a sex educator listening, get something like this to be able to start wrapping your head around, um, maybe not just what do you do if you have a disabled client or if you have a uh, disabled learner in your group, but maybe start thinking about how to build this into your regular curriculum so that your regular curriculum is just accessible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Which, and I think that like most of the widely available sex education materials there's more representation of disabled bodies in some of those materials which is great and we've highlighted a couple of those books and and we'll continue to highlight more um but 
it's definitely like you have to put in that like extra layer of work to like make sure that your resources are capturing everybody that's going to be in your audience. Right. Right. So I agree. Last thoughts on this book, other than it's $10 (laughs) y'all. I mean, just quote the, uh, um, the, the quote that they've put on the front, this should be required reading. <laughs> Kristen Russo, CEO of Everyone is Gay and My Kid is Gay. So you can look up Kristen as well, but <laughs> this book should be required reading. I think, yeah, it's I fantastic. Concur. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. So I can give my final thoughts, Indeed. which are us leading us out. All right, here we are. Sex Ed Book Review is a collaboration between Landa Fox and Barb Gross, and the views and opinions expressed on this podcast should not be a substitute for professional or clinical advice. Find us on Instagram at Sex Ed Book Review and at www.sexedbookreview.com. 